With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. This is Sports Rage. Level three. Is this what you envisioned? <laughs> That's a great question. Is this what you envision? Like, actually, that's just the type of question. That just like, is this what you envisioned? Like, is such a. If I was like, I just imagine, Matthias, if it was me on there, I'd be like, what? Like, what'd you say? Like, that's like, that's the, that type of question. It's like, what what did you just say? Like, what did you just ask me? Like, you, you know, slap him in the face. Yeah, yeah. I'd be like, envision. Slap him in the face. Like, I would have been envision. Yeah, yeah, but you know what, bro? That's what they want. They want the player to take the bait, right? Look, remember what happened to Leon Dreisaitl in Edmonton? Same thing, right? You think it's a good idea that you took a penalty out of frustration? Does that help your team? <laughs> like, like Dreisaitl, instead of saying, you know, shut the F up, man. Like, you know, what the hell do you know? Just shut up. Like, what did he say? Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah, it was great. Really helped the team. Right? And, and look what happened. It turned into a big deal. And already the media's running with us. The Westbrook lost it and stuff. And we'll play this in a couple of minutes. Uh, Westbrook was pretty calm. Westbrook was pretty calm. But the thing is, like, the media, you'll notice the media. Listen, number one, I guess I'm part of the media, but I'm not, like, I'm not a beat writer and stuff like that. So, you know what, I'm, no, nah, I'm not in, you know, I'm just a loudmouth, but I'm in the media. But I have, I, it's, I don't, I don't want to be known to some of these guys in the media. If you'll notice, they're way more confrontational now than they used to be. It used to be, trust me, I know. I used to be in the Major League Baseball clubhouse and in the room all the time in these conferences and stuff. And the way it used to work is whatever. The manager would be a jerk to everybody in the media, and then he would leave, and everyone would just rip him behind his back after. (laughs) Now, people in the media, they chirp back. right? They chirp back at managers. They chirp back at coaches. They chirp back at athletes and players. Right? Like the guy in Edmonton, like really was like, Yeah, yeah, you are. Why are you always like, Yeah, you are? Like, it's like, bro, if you talk to me like this in a bar on the street, I'd punch you in the face. All right. Uh, but whatever, man, you work for a piece of trash newspaper that's trying to get clicks at my expense here. So I understand, like Westbrook, especially the Lakers, guys, like say what you will. And I know everyone loves to laugh if they're losing and stuff like that. But I got to tell you, man, it ain't easy. Like, man, like LeBron was, you could tell. Like, LeBron, I told you guys right away. What did I say, Matthias, when the sound was down? I said, yeah, these guys are tense, bro. Like, and you could tell Westbrook wasn't playing around tonight either, right? He was not in a mood of, like, you know, it was like, ask your student. I got to be honest, I don't think I would have showed up if I was them. <laughs> like, I'm dead serious. 
Like, whatever. I wouldn't, like, if you're LeBron, you can't blow the media off every night. Or if you're Westbrook, you can't blow the media off every night. But I give them credit. Like, if you're Westbrook, you're going in there and you sit down. Do you do you think and you know that, do you think you're going to get one positive question asked to you? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just going to be the same question worded differently, trying to get you to say that you're frustrated, trying to get you to throw someone else under the bus, right? Like, remember, same thing with Edmonton. What do you think of the goaltending? What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Right? It's like, why don't you? Like, that's like, Dreisaitl was right. He goes, why don't you write the column? You're the editorialist. You know everything. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Trench. I am a The pencil players, the hustlers, the people to bust them, and everybody else in between. We're not done yet. Moda Keel is going to step up and in. Who's the most valuable player in the NBA? I'll tell you what. I know that uh, San Diego State was my most valuable pick in the late night hours tonight, and they get it done 65 64. Final score over Fresno. But it pretty much goes hand in hand. And we had a money line parlay with the beach, Long Beach, and uh, SDSU. But um, it goes hand-in-hand hand with Teddy Covers, who joined us earlier in the program tonight. Uh, great handicapper, Teddy. And uh, we were talking about the Mountain West Conference tournament coming up and future prices for the tournament. And we were talking about, I said, listen, I like San Diego State. I like their pedigree. I think they're the best team in the conference when it comes, you know, when it comes right down to it. On a neutral court, I think the Aztecs are the best team in the conference. But we talked about Fresno State. They're 12-1. to 1. And what did we say? We said Fresno State can play with anybody in this conference, and they're 12 to 1. Well, 65 64 tonight. Get ready. Buckle up, Buttercup, because this is what we're looking at going into the Mountain West uh, Conference tournament. And that's why I think you need to avoid that chalk with Boise State. Listen, I think plus 320 is more than a fair price uh, for the Aztecs in a shortened tournament. Um, yeah, we talked about the UNLV running Rebels being an extremely hot team uh, right now. We talked about them at 8-1. to one. They're down to plus 750 uh, right now. Rebels are starting to become a little trendy again. And uh, we talked about Fresno, man. Like I said, Fresno, the thing with Fresno is they're going to be in every game and they'll probably lose a heartbreaker along the way. But point is, it's going to be a super competitive close tournament. And uh, in other words, you want to uh, try to get some value in your back pocket. All right, so a wild, uh, wild night tonight in the National Basketball Association. All kinds of, like, numbers being broken and players putting up crazy stats and stuff like that. But Kevin Durant is back. And um, Kevin Durant. All right, so Kevin Durant is back. Lights it up. 31 points. That's how good this guy is. Hasn't played since January the 15th. Rolls in, drop 31, but Miami wins anyways. The Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. Vent your rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This lady says I'm an artist. Yo. Your husband's work is what we call outsider art. It could be by a mental patient or a hillbilly or a chimpanzee. <laughs> Late night anger management class. This is sports, right? I am Renzi. Speaking of anger, man, that was some uh, 
<laughs> that was a pretty good fight in the Ottawa Florida hockey game. Buddy, um, <laughs> buddy showboated after, but it was sort of worthy. It was like uh, you'll notice one thing with these hockey fights, man. They're getting more and more UFC ish. That's the problem. These guys all watch the UFC and stuff. You see, guys, someone who did the knee job the other day when Buddy was down, he kneed him in the head. Like they're same thing. Like right now, man. Like Buddy he drilled him, <laughs> but Buddy on Ottawa, like trying to go for like a takedown. It's almost like these fights are becoming like UFC on ice. All right, so um, a lot of stuff I want to get to actually still here tonight. One of these nights that tonight. We've got Mo DeKeel going to be joining us still. Um, we're talking about, so you had a press conference with the Lakers. And as I stated earlier, you know how much that must suck? Like it's worse than losing a game almost. Like, you know what I mean? You lose the game and then you know it's like, all right, not only do we lose the game. And basically, you know what it is? It's like staying out like all night and rolling in at like 7 in the morning. And you know, like, yeah, man, my girlfriend is going to snap. And you have no choice. It's one of those, like, you got to open the door. And it's like, oh, God. Like, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you got to walk in and face. It's like, I got to deal with this. All right, let's go. And you know nothing good is going to come into it. It's sort of like, you know, when somebody says, we need to talk. That's what it's like if you're a player and you have to deal with this crap. Like, I guarantee you it's the worst part of their day. I promise you. Like, dealing with the media is the worst part of their day. So, I, I told you guys I was watching when the Lakers, uh, the presser started, the sound was down, we're doing the show here, obviously, the sound down. I told you right away, I said, all right, LeBron's pissed. I said, LeBron's not, not in a mood tonight. Now, you remember the other night, LeBron threw uh, Bill Orham under the bus, right? He said, that guy hates us, and he goes, that guy never has anything good to say. <laughs> so, it turns out, Matthias, you're telling me that that was Bill Orham that asked the question tonight? That's unbelievable. It was Bill. We have confirmation from our friend Jovan Buha. <laughs> yeah, Jovan, who will be with us tomorrow. Great get. Great job with this. Uh, great group. I like talking Laker ball with him and, uh, and Clipper ball. So, um, so yeah, so basically he was asked. Uh, so And then and remember LeBron said, oh, I called him and I had a conversation with him after a respectful conversation. So now we're right back at it. Tonight it was Westbrook's turn. And uh, as we stated earlier, Westbrook was asked if uh, things are going the way that he envisioned coming home to Los Angeles. What did I envision? I suppose I would imagine some wins. I mean, you said, based on what I envisioned, I want to know what you think I envisioned. I would have... I imagine some wins. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Stop, 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 stop it for a second. Stop, stop, stop stop it. Stop it, Matthew, stop it. When he said, what, so what did I just say a couple of minutes ago about, like, reporters? Like, like chirping back and stuff? Did he just say to him a couple of wins? Like, bro, like, did, what, who the hell do you think you are, man? You're not a player. Well, you, you're not a fan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, these, these reporters, we're going to rewind it back to the start. We'll replay it and I'll shut up. I'm already mad. I'm already mad. Is this what I envision? And then, I don't know, a couple, because he says, what do I envision? And a couple of wins? The hell does that mean? A couple of wins? Like, it's, it's, like I said, like, it's the, the fact, like, like I said, number one, they don't let the athlete just talk, and they're confrontational, right? It's like, shut the hell up and let him talk, and don't try to, like, is this what you envision? A couple of wins. No, no, I envision us losing every night, jackass. I'm going to shut up. I'm already mad right now a second in, and 
Westbrook's got a hell of a lot more patience than I do because I would have wanted to jump over the table and shove the guy's tape recorder down his throat. All right, let's let's play it over again. Here we go. What did I envision? I suppose I would imagine some wins. I mean, you say based on what I envision, I want to know what you think I envision. I would have, you envisioned coming here and winning a championship, or at least being in a position. Is the season over? It, it, it certainly isn't on. Is the season over? No, sir. Thank you. So, what did you envision? Since you you, you spoke for me, I want to know what, what you thought I envisioned. I mean, I've been at every press conference you've had this year, and you've talked about, especially at the beginning, when you talked about what this could look like. Obviously, you envisioned a successful season. It, to your point, sure, could still happen, but where you guys are trending right now, it hasn't. I mean, do you, you still ask my question. Do you, what did I envision? Yeah, you said you envisioned this to be a certain way. I want to know what you. Did you envision it to look like this? I had no, I had no expectations. See, that's why you don't know. You don't know what I envisioned. I had no expectations. I come into every situation um, the same. Uh, last four years of me, I've been on different teams four times. So, my envision of kind of. Think everything gonna be peaches and cream? I don't. That's not realistic. That's not life. Uh, so for me, um, I come into every situation, um, start from ground zero, and try to figure it out along the way. I have no expectations of how things will work. How many times I had a ball, what position I'm gonna play. That's literally, um, you know, I just try to find ways to better, best help my teammates, and that's about it. As you know. As we stated, say what you will about Russell Westbrook, but he showed a hell of a lot of restraint and patience. Well, more wins and, oh, is this what you meant? It's like, shut the hell up, bro. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it's like, you know, like I said, it's like going up to a homeless person and asking, is this how you envision things going for you, sir? You know what I mean? Like, it's like asking someone, like, you know what I mean? Like, imagine, like, asking someone, like, 10 seconds after you lose a bet and someone looks over, is this how you envision things? Like, it's honestly, you'd want to punch them. You know what I mean? It's not a question. And the other thing is, too, like, ask the question and shut the hell up. Right? Just shut the hell up instead of, like, making a conversation. That's the whole thing. Like, the, these guys, they want little mini conversations. And then if they, you notice that the, the athlete doesn't say what they want them to say, basically want to say, yes, I'm very disappointed. That's what would have made that jackass happy. The thing is... Russell Westbrook's a competitor, and as he stated, is the season over yet? No. We all know he's like, it's just, it makes the media look bad. You know what I mean? How about asking a thoughtful question instead of just these gotcha, trying to, like, pick on somebody when they're down type of questions? Is this how you envision things? Yeah, it's exactly how I envision things. I came here to deal with you, right? Like I said, I know athletes, they get, oh, they're, they're this and they're that, but the media really are just, like, contemptuous, man. Like, it's just, everything is a confrontation. Everything is, you know, somehow, like, you know, the, the, the media feels like they're, they're owed something. You know what I mean? Like, you'll notice, too, they don't really ask questions. They'll have a statement, and then they want the player to verify their statement. Right? Like, instead of asking a question. Right, like you know, a good question could have been tonight. Like, how frustrating was it to lose to the to the Clippers again tonight? Yeah, that's that's a legitimate question. Hey, you guys have been swept by the Clippers this year. How frustrating is this, Russ? Fair, fair question. Right, like there's ways to ask, but like basically, the question that was asked to him is just sort of like, 
you're a failure. You coming here is a failure. How do you feel about being a failure and everything around you a failure? Right? That's like basically what, you know, that's, that's what the question is. I would have taken the bait. Like, it's, it'd be hard, man. <laughs> it'd be hard to just sit there and listen to these jackasses. And, and then they, they just write what they're going to want to write anyways after. Oh, shout out to our boy Crash in North Hollywood. Uh, tuning in uh, here right now. What up, Crash? Good to see you, Nate. Star Garden. <laughs> Crash... Crash uh, the North, North Hollywood stomping stomping grounds. All right, so we've got some uh, late night Chinese basketball. If uh, if anybody's interested, I just like the uh, the name of the team here, the Sturgeons. You ever seen a Sturgeon before? They're freaking creepy and scary. They're ugly, <laughs> right? I saw a sturgeon in the Hudson once. I was like, what the hell is that, man? Like, I tell you, like, the Hudson is one of those things. What's one thing about New York? Don't look down. That's what I tell people. Like, yeah, don't look down on the sidewalk or don't look in the water. Just keep your eyes straight forward. <laughs> Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is to the center. Back to the wing. Back to the center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. Pass to center. Back to wing. Back to center. Center holds it. Holds it. Holds it. I can't bear this any longer. I'm leaving. We'll get us some MLS tomorrow. MLS soccer. Late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Renzi. It's a Thursday night throwdown. Uh, Mo DeKeel will join us in a couple of moments. Something I wanted to get to, um, I don't know if you guys saw it. I know we've got quite a few wrestling fans that tune into the program. Um, been a busy week. Listen, the wrestling stuff is good. Anytime there's competition, it's a good thing. Last night I was talking about, uh, and I don't watch the All Elite stuff uh, all that much. Uh, you know, we're on the air and we're watching games and stuff, but I happen to be just sort of flicking around the games, and then boom, I saw CM Punk talking. And then uh, the dude, I don't know what his name is, MVS, M something. Kind of uh, CM Punk called him a, a Miz knockoff, actually, which I think was pretty appropriate, actually. <laughs> but I guess the guy's pretty popular, whatever his name is. Uh, the, who's the guy that, uh, who's, some of you guys watch that one, that company. What's the guy's name? He's feuding with, uh, he feuds with, uh, with CM Punk. But anyway, CM Punk's face got, like, all ripped open and stuff. They bit his forehead open. And uh, he was gushing blood, and he was wearing white. They made sure that you know, everyone's wearing white. So there was, oh, my God, there's blood everywhere. And uh, But it was hardcore. So the blood was nice, actually. I was like, wow, it's pretty hardcore, actually. Like, the, the WWE doesn't like blood on TV anymore, right? They're, they're, they don't have it. So, you know, hardcore wrestling, you know, is sort of you know thing of the past, especially in prime time. So CM Punk was like gushing blood, and then they hung him. They put a chain around his neck, and they hung him from the ropes. I was like, "Wow, all right, all right. you got my attention now." So um, it turns out they have a pay per view coming up uh, this Sunday. So they were they were hard selling it on the way out. 
Uh, what's the guy's name? MJF. Thank you. Uh, thank you, John, in Chicago. It's, uh, it's all the country here. Thank you. Malcolm J. Freeman. From what I understand, he's pretty good. I never see him wrestle. Every time I tune in, the guy's talking for 20 minutes. I never see that guy wrestle. Like, that's the most I've seen this guy do. That's the most I've seen the guy do. Uh, <laughs> of course, when... Uh, when uh, when he bit CM Punk and uh, when he bit CM Punk's forehead, but uh, no, nah, I was I was I was entertained. You know what I mean? It was it was nice and violent. You know, like it should be. So um, so like I said, so competition is good. We all remember the heyday of wrestling and stuff. But the chairman of the board, Vincent K. McMahon, was on with uh, Pat McAfee today. And um, listen, McMahon can still bring it. Guys like 78 years old, still in great shape, can still bring it. Uh, it was it was a fun interview. You could tell that uh, you know Vince has a lot of respect for Pat, and uh, Vince doesn't do a lot of shows like that, right? So for Vince to actually go in studio with them, not even just like you know what I mean, not just like on on you know on video here, you know, not just joining you on Zoom or on Skype or something, but for Vince to actually show up is pretty big time. But congratulations to our boy uh, Pat McAfee. Who Vince uh, Vince uh, said you've got a spot on WrestleMania. Little Pat McAfee's gonna have his WrestleMania moment. Man, McAfee's really on a roll right now, isn't he? Man, sports. You know what I mean? Now wrestling, WrestleMania. Man, Cowboy Stadium, Dallas, over a hundred thousand people. It's gonna be. It's crazy. Uh, it's gonna be one of the biggest WrestleManias ever. This one. Stone Cold Steve Austin's coming back. So. Shout out to our boy Pop McAfee for living the dream. And uh, listen, McAfee's really popular in the wrestling community, right? With the SmackDown stuff. Uh, the wrestling fans really like him. And uh, Pat, you know, Pat's wrestled a couple of matches before, and they, he went off really well. Like, they, you know, they, they bought in. So that's just epic for him. I just imagine, you know, what a thrill that could, would be. You know, hey, man, it's WrestleMania, man. It's one thing that's cool to go to WrestleMania, let alone, yeah, yeah, I'm in WrestleMania. Yet, I listen to, I don't listen to a lot of stuff. I'm on the air all the time, right? I listen to some other sports shows. I listen to Pharrell uh, during the day, you know what I mean, for, you know, the last hour, for an hour here and there and stuff before our shows. I don't get to, you know, a lot of stuff, but I do enjoy the uh, the Jim Cornette uh, experience. And uh, Cornette... Cornette had did like a you know a twenty minute thing on on Vince McMahon and McAfee actually, and there was you know rumors in the wrestling community that it was actually going to be Pat McAfee versus Vincent McMahon at WrestleMania, but let's be real that makes absolutely zero sense. It makes zero sense. McAfee's young, Vince is old, and it just you know what I mean there's no and Vince likes him like he just went on his show and like you know what I mean he's talked about how great he is and like that's that's not happening right that 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 that's not happening but um Pat will be wrestling at WrestleMania which is going to be uh, definitely I'm definitely going to be tuning in uh, for that and listen I know the WWE you know, it's not, it goes through phases, right? The WWE is a lot like Saturday Night Live. People always say, oh, it sucks now. It used to be better. It's like, yeah, well, people used to say that then. Honestly, like, I'm old enough to remember like, when Eddie Murphy was on and people said it sucked. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? I'm dead serious. 
I remember, ah, that show sucks. The only good thing's Eddie Murphy, right? And, you know, it's always been like that, and it's lasted forever type of deal. Speaking of which, what's up with Kanye West, man? This guy's really, like, lost his mind for real, huh? The guy did a video where he buried that Pete Davidson guy alive. <laughs> You'll give it up, bro. Like, you know what I mean? You, you were with the car, you were with Kim, you're not anymore, right? It's a rite of passage, all right, bro? That, that's, that's it. Like, your, your time's done, Kanye. I never understood Kanye's popularity to begin with. He's okay, but, you know, this black Jesus stuff, come on, man. There's one black Jesus, all right? His name is Michael Jordan. Simple as that. <laughs> the Church of Morency is closed. Amen. Amen. There's a, he's another Chicago guy, though, isn't he, actually, to a, for our boy uh, John? Somebody uh, somebody actually sent me a tweet, though. What's the guy's name? Austin something? Somebody said, no, McAfee's going to wrestle this guy. Austin something or something or not, or rather. But, like I said, yeah, Stone Cold Steve Austin is coming back for WrestleMania. And uh, word on the street is he's going to wrestle against Kevin Owens. You were thinking, you know, because you, you got to wonder who can he wrestle against, right? Like, all of his contemporary, all of his guys and stuff are kind of, they're kind of old. You know what I mean? You can't, it's not, you know what I mean? Who's going to wrestle? Triple H? That's got to be stupid, right? Um, like, there's not a lot of sort of candidates. Like, who's, you know what I mean? The Rock? The Rock versus Stone Cold is kind of a dumb idea. There's no heat between them for real. And then secondly, it's a waste, right? Like, no, no, we're going to use The Rock at next year's WrestleMania, right? We're not, like, so it's one of those type of deals. So I guess Kevin Owens, uh, Kevin Owens supposedly is the guy that seems like the best fit for this. The Kevin Owens can can wrestle a real wrestling match. That uh, And Steve, Steve Austin's like LeBron, right? Like, he's got to approve this. So word on the like it was Jim Cornette saying this that basically he heard that Austin approved and said that Kevin Owens can be the guy for his big his comeback and his retirement match. So don't tell me now, even if you know you haven't watched this stuff in a little while, that your interest isn't peaked a little bit. They got Pat McAfee, they got Stone Cold Steve Austin, and we're just getting started. I know the, the Undertaker's being inducted into the Hall of Fame, into their Hall of Fame. I would roll them out one last time. Except what I would do is I wouldn't tell people. I would sell it like I would say, no, 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 no. He's just only going to beat the Hall of Fame and stuff. He's not. He's not. No, no. You know what I mean? Like, just put it, put that out all the time like they're doing now. No, no, he's not wrestling. Like, just, no, no, that's out of the question. He's retired. He's just going to be going into the Hall of Fame. And then, boom, at the Hall of Fame, at his induction and stuff, I'd throw the angle in right at the last second. Boom, chair shot, <laughs> like whatever. Someone comes out, runs him over with a motorcycle or something, you know what I mean? Says, you know what, screw you, you've always sucked, screw your Hall of Fame induction, you're overrated, and attack him. Oh, my God, I was going to stay retired, but one more time. Right, and roll them out there. Come on, it's Texas. See, I'm giving you, I'm giving you ideas. It is true, as people in the chat are saying. It is the one thing, it is the one thing that I haven't done that 
I've always never understood why I've never been hired in that business. <laughs> I really would be perfect as a wrestling manager. I'd be perfect at it. Like, you know what I mean? And the thing is, I've been around this stuff, too. I've been around this stuff. We were When we were on the SCORE television network, we had the WWE or F. I think it was F still, whatever, whatever. And um, look, man, even Cam did a show for them. You imagine that Cam, uh, Matthias, Cam did a show where he came on after SmackDown <laughs> and would talk about, like, the analysis of it. Hey, oh, what do you think of SmackDown? But uh, Cam got canned for uh, saying that Ryback sucked. <laughs> Like, you can't criticize them. It's not like sports, right? It's not like sports. So, same thing, like, Renee Renee Young, who's a big star, like, she, she even tweeted the other day, my first job ever was sitting next to Marantzi, and she goes, oh, that was crazy. And, uh, like, same thing, all these people, Jackie Redman, and uh, I said to the guy at the network, I said, why is it that, like, everyone at this network has worked on a WWE event except me? I said, did they specifically say they don't want me or something? He goes, yeah, they did. <laughs> there it is. Okay. <laughs> SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Management class. This is Sports Rage. I am Marenzi. You know that. We're breaking it down. The mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in SoCal. Sirius XM Channel 159. And of course on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. So let's break it down with a man that kicked it with us on Media Row in Los Angeles. Mo DeKeel, founder of the JumpBall.net. Uh, words at the Bleacher Report. Uh, podcast at the Athletic NBA. Former NBA video coordinator for the Los Angeles Clippers. Spurs Australian men's basketball team. You USC, Mo DeKeel, the great Mo DeKeel. What's going on, Mo? Always a pleasure, my man. Oh, I'm always happy to be here, man. I love being here. I'm happy I got to meet you in person, Gabe. Yeah, that was awesome. I wish, you know, I wish we, we could have thrown down a few and went out. But as you see, I'm all business, Mo. I had my game face on, Super Bowl media week, business. I had a game face. <laughs> it was business trips for you. It was all business. Yeah, I know. It was great meeting you as well, and I, I look forward to uh, to doing it again. And, and man, this, it's a great time of the year to be a basketball fan right now. We've got conference tournaments, March Madness Selection Sunday, rapidly approaching about a week and a half away right now. But one of my favorite times of the year is the NBA playoffs. I just I love it because, you know, the weather is nice everywhere, man. And it's it's banging, especially in the first round. You get the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs. So I'm almost just started to get into, all right, man, let's let's do this thing. And I think a lot of players are as well. But due to the play-in tournament, it's not as easy to get in the playoffs as it used to be, right? Like, it really has added something to the regular season, this play-in tournament, hasn't it? Because at first I sort of thought, oh, God, man, come on, not more. not You know what I mean? Let's not make it easier. But it actually makes it more competitive and harder because, man, it used to be, yeah, yeah, we're good. We're in the top eight. Now it's like, bro, we got to get in the top six man we can't we can't play around no it's it's made regular season games matter so much more and i gotta be honest i was the complete opposite i thought this was gonna devalue the regular season it's easier to make playoffs all the complaints oh i thought it was the dumbest idea ever i'm like playing tournament that's what the regular season's for that's what i was thinking exactly i thought we had an 82 game playing tournament right like that was my thing but it's made the games matter so much more everybody has more urgency either to get into the playing tournament 
or to get out of it and finish in the top six. And I think it's something that we're, we're going to see even grow more and more, and it adds more value to the regular season. But it's tough because you know having to have to play one or two games, depending on how the your, your playing tournament sort of works out and where you finish, before the playoffs when other teams get to rest, you know, like when you finish in the top six, you basically get four or five days off. Gabe, that wasn't always the case for the playoffs, right? Like the season would end on Wednesday. You'd be playing the playoff games that Saturday. And as a team, you'll be getting a scout and schedule, and you're, you're going through everything on the floor that Thursday. It changes the complexion a little bit of being one of those top six teams. It's almost like getting a small buy and, and, and a chance to rest up a little bit. And I think it really matters for those teams. And that's why we're seeing so much more prioritization of the, the being in the top six, just because you get that extra rest even goes a long way. Mo DeKeel kicking it with us on the Late Night Anger Management class. James Harden arrives in Philadelphia. They're still in the honeymoon phase right now. But, you know, listen, he's lighting it up. Him and Embiid are a lethal combination. I wanted to ask you about the, the MVP award right now because Joel Embiid is the favorite right now, and he's the overwhelming favorite. Uh, minus 125. Nikolai Jokic is the second choice. Giannis is the third choice at 5-1. to one. Nikolai Jokic uh, last year's MVP, plus 350. John Morant checks in at 12-1. to one. And you have DeMar DeRozan at uh, 13-1 to one right now. I threw it out there the other night, and some people disagreed, and it got a big topic of conversation going in our chat. I said, you know, if we're really getting down to it, to me, the most valuable player in the league really is Giannis. Like, I sort of look at it like, you can make an argument for all these guys if you took them off their team, but if there's no Giannis in Milwaukee, there's no Milwaukee. <laughs> like, Milwaukee are the Pacers. Like, they are the Pacers right now. These other teams... You know, they've got good players. Like, and I'm not I'm not diminishing Middleton and Holiday, but you know where I'm going with this. So, for me, it's always, are we talking about who had the best stats? Are we talking about it's the most popular? The MVP in the NBA is a fascinating award, isn't it, and how they give it out. <laughs> like, like Giannis can be the best player again, but it's like, yeah, you've already won a title, and you've won this before, and we gave it to Jokic last year. Like, it's, it's a weird, I don't really know what we're looking for when we talk about the MVP, Mo. Well, one, I do disagree with you. Giannis is in the top three, but he's not my MVP. But to first answer your question, though. No, but I'm not saying I would. I'm not saying he's the MVP of the league this year. I'm like, oh, yeah, if I had to vote, I'm, I'm voting for Giannis right now. Because, no, to me, the Bucks are kind of mailing it in. They're not mailing it in. They're on cruise control, and they'll dial it up a notch. But what I'm saying is I think he is the most valuable player to his team. That was my point. I don't think he's the MVP this year. No, no, that's, that's fair. And that's the reason why, look, Michael Jordan should have won more MVPs. Exactly. LeBron should have won yeah. more MVPs, right? Like yeah. it's and it bothers sort of, LeBron. It bothers LeBron yeah. that he has it because he's like, you take it for granted. Why? Because I did it before, because I won a championship. It doesn't mean that I'm, an, I'm not an MVP anymore. I know LeBron has bitched about that in the past. You know what? This is It's an unfair care thing that we hold on all these guys, you know, for, for what we consider. It's not who's the best basketball player. That's the one thing I think that ends up people – kind of looking at it, you know, going like, who's the best basketball player? It's, it's not always the case. It's more just like, you know, who mattered most in this league this year and who made the biggest difference for their team this season, right? And when you look at Giannis, it hurts him a little bit because I think he has a better cast of teammates around him in Holiday and, and Middleton that Jokic doesn't have, that Embiid doesn't have, didn't have before Harden got there, right? And, and even John Morant. You know, with with all that, all the game winners, the Rosen's hit and things like that. But all of that comes down to what really went through the MVP, and this is going to probably bother some people, it's the narrative game. Yes. It's the story behind it, right? And that's what really wins people MVPs. You could make an argument. Giannis should have been the MVP last season, but we all knew going into the season he wasn't winning the MVP because of what the team did in the playoffs. That It didn't matter. 
You know, like he would have had to have averaged 50 a night, Dave. So that was exactly my point. It's it's an interesting dynamic, this award. And and Bede is that narrative, right, this year? I think Embiid's that narrative. I think Jokic has. They all have. Yeah, but Curry was that narrative earlier, too. This stuff can change. You remember yeah, earlier they wanted to long. give it to Curry. Right, because Curry started the season out hot, right? And, it's, and, and everybody, the narrative changes and shifts. And what's going to be fascinating about this year's MVP debate and, and really the award, because I don't know who the MVP is, because it changes every night for me. Right, it, it, and this is what's going to make the end of the regular season fun. If Jokic is going after the MVP, we know Embiid said he's going after the MVP. He also wants the Finals MVP. Like he's going for it. He's made it clear. We know that Giannis has the pedigree to win it. We know what John Morant's doing. We know what um, DeRozan's doing. We might have a night where it's like these guys might try to one up each other towards the end of the season to to, to really win over voters. And I think that's what's going to be the most fascinating thing of the uh, end of the regular season in terms of awards is we're going to have a real fun end, I think, with these guys really trying to go at each other where Embiid's going to see what Jokic did and go, cool, i got to go get 60 tonight. Like, it's going to be something like that. I think we're going to have some fun games. Mo DeKeel, jump, 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 uh, kicking it with us on the Late Night Anger Management class. And, uh, Mo, man, there's so much uh, I want to get to with you, but white man can't jump. I saw you tweeting about uh, this, and I gotta tell you, one of my favorite movies of of all time. It was just it's so good on so many different levels, from like relationships to gambling to to street ball. Like you know what I mean? It just had it all. One of my there's so many great lines, but my one of my favorite favorite parts of the movie, man, is when Rosie starts going off about sometimes when you lose, you really win. <laughs> she goes sometimes right, right. when you win, you really lose. He's like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> it's just too good. And man, I could go on and on. And went like so many people have lived that life, but. But when Wesley Snipes said Jimi Hendrix would never play with any white guys, man, in his band. And Woody Harrelson says, the experience are all white. And he's like, no, they're not. And he shows them the record cover. He goes, man, that's just a picture. He goes, that doesn't mean anything. He goes, that's just a picture. But it's such, such a great movie on so many levels. Yet I tell you what, if people want to, you know, see this movie, then watch the damn movie. We don't need a new one. It's not old enough, number one. And you're just going to screw it up. What are we doing here? Like, come up with a new idea, bro. What are we doing? And I love that movie, and I'm outraged by this. I don't need to see some new dude in this crap. The movie's not even that old. It's ridiculous. It's perfect. It's perfect the way it is. It still holds up now. Like, there's, there's nothing to really redo for this movie, and you're not going to be able to recreate the magic that you get from White Man. Yeah, Venice yeah. Beach looks the same, bro. Like you said, we're going to go back and redo it. It's already been done. <laughs> you, you know, and it, it doesn't make sense to me to say, hey, let's reboot this movie. It needs, you know, we can redo this. And I understand it, and I understand the need to, hey, we got to make the money. We got to do all that stuff. Hollywood doing that stuff. Come up with a different basketball idea for a movie. That's it's that simple. If you really, really are dying to have some sort of reboot for White Man Can't just re-release it in theaters. I'll go. I'll go twice. You know, I you know I I didn't get to see it in theaters. You know, like I had to see it. You know, when it came out on HBO or whatever. It's it's one of those movies though that it's just a classic, and you don't need to redo the classics because the degree of difficulty is too damn hard. Redoing. <laughs> A movie like Predator, which I love, the degree of difficulty isn't that crazy. If it's a bad action movie, it's a bad action movie. Like, you'll live. But it's trying to redo this, trying to redo The Godfather. I mean, look at it this way. The movie coming to America was perfect. 
I loved it. Loved the whole movie, everything. Eddie, Arsenio, everybody was awesome. Then they do this sequel. What was it, like 30 years later? That, we, that came out during the pandemic, and it was terrible. Your degree of difficulty was too high to meet that bar. Don't try to do it. Just do a different movie. And so I'm really frustrated and really annoyed that they're doing socks of a reboot for White Man Can't Jump. Yeah, I, we, we could go on and on about this. I'm just thinking, like I said, it really is one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> when it's the best tells her, movie we got. He tells her, you're never, ever going to be on Jeopardy. Give it up. And then, like a second later, the next scene, she's like, she's on Jeopardy. It's just too good. There's just too many good levels. And him trying to dunk guys, like, yeah. Put it this way: if you're younger and you haven't seen the movie, don't wait for this new reboot. I'll tell you what: Bad Lieutenants, and just you know, watch watch the real one. It's Gold, Woody Harrelson, and Wesley Snipes, Rosie Perez. But Bad Lieutenants, another one of my favorite movies. All right, Mullen, listen, it's a hell of a lot darker than White Man Can't Jump. Okay, <laughs> but it's what Har- Har- Harvey Keitel. It's dark. It's like yeah, it was film noir like real dark type stuff and same thing bro they redid it with like Nicolas Cage where it was like it was one of the stupidest ideas ever I didn't even watch it I didn't, you know what I mean they changed the storyline and this and that and you know they're gonna do the same thing here and either way you're doomed so you change the storyline or if you want to do it like do a white man can't jump to type thing where it's like the you know, just a whole new alright this is this guy's story and stuff but if it's a reboot and like you're just sort of then it's just stupid really stupid man time always flies by MO but let me ask you I wanted to bring up my boy Scotty Barnes, man. How many people realize just how good this guy is? And I'm looking at the rookie of the year odds here. You talk about narratives, and your your guy Evan Mobley, <laughs> USC. Got to stay with him. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, and I get it. Bringing this up. No, I get it. No, he's balling. He's balling, but he's minus five fifty, and Scotty Barnes is ten to one. Just for the record, they have the exact same numbers. I'm just saying, like you, know what I mean, they're both. It's like fourteen eight and two, fourteen seven and three type thing. They have the exact same numbers, and I think Scotty's more dynamic. Not to take anything away from Evan, but man, Scotty Barnes is balling. And when you saw when Van Fleet and OG were out, he really stepped up. He's unbelievable. I, and let's just give a shout out to the whole rookie class. This has been a great. Yeah, they're all bringing class. it. You're right. Just just across the board, those two guys. And we got about a Josh, minute more here, so and strong here. All right, well, you got Josh Giddy killing it in Oklahoma City. You know, Franz Wagner and Jalen Suggs have started a little slow, is getting going in Orlando. Cade Cunningham's coming on strong in Detroit. I think the big thing here, and it goes back to what we said about MVP and kind of narratives, the rookie of the year award. Where you finished as a team didn't matter in, in years past, but that's changed now. And the fact that Evan Mobley has the Cavs sitting that are probably going to be finishing in the top six in the playoffs in the Eastern Conference, that's going to be the thing that pushes him over the top to win Rookie of the Year. Now, Toronto's chasing. They're not far from being right in that top six, but I think Cleveland's going to finish higher than them, and I think a lot more credit's going to go to Evan Mobley and that push. And because, because the Cavs are a bigger, you're right, the Cavs are like, oh my God, look, the Cavs are good. People don't give the, the Raptors credit for it, and they do number one, and number two, they'll say, yeah, well, look, they got Van Fleet, they've got Siakam, et cetera, right? Like, I, I get it, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit more challenging for him to win it in Toronto because of the guys around him, but also on top of it, too, I think this thing was people decided this thing was sealed a long time ago for my guy Evan Mobley, and I've maybe tried my very best to skew the vote that way. Um, but I think that's sort of done it, and it was, people have sort of overlooked what Scotty Barnes has been doing lately, and he's been killing it. There's no question about it. But he really has. And as you said, once the narrative is set, and there's still basketball left to be played, Mo, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thanks for joining us. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. And if the Russians invade us, 
Oh, that cut his mic. Bill Walton. His Bill. There's a line for everybody, evidently, man. Bill Walton says a lot of crazy things, and they've sort of accepted it. Because uh, I don't think Bill cares, right? He's like, yeah, whatever. If you don't like it, then, you know, it is what it is. But uh, Bill, Bill's uh, mic got uh, cut tonight <laughs> during the broadcast. He started talking about Russia invading the U.S. And it just like, and it wasn't at the end of a break or something like that. It was like, oh, no, look. No, no, it was like mid-broadcast and stuff. Yeah, I guess like, you know what? Bill can talk about lighting up a big fat spliff. I think they wouldn't have mind if he did light up a spliff <laughs> compared to... <laughs> And, then, here, and if Russia Russia invades the U.S. And then it's like cut off. Uh, cut off. And speaking of which, uh, we're about to get cut off here. We're up against it. Friday Night Freak Show coming up. We got Tony Fingers step up and in. Uh, Rob Vino. We'll get some college picks. Great, great uh, time of the year right now. Next week is when it really starts. Conference uh, action. And, you know, we were supposed to go to the Pac-12 tournament. And uh, my apologies. It snuck up on us. And uh, basically, we're setting up a shop for the NFL draft, right, um, in Vegas. So it was like, all right, you know what, we'll hold off. We'll build this up a little bit more. And we'll start to get some details as far as the dates. Well, we know about the dates for the draft. The draft is on a Thursday, right? The draft is on a Thursday. What's Thursday, Friday, Saturday? It's a three-day operation now, first round, second round, etc. Shout out to our boy Crash. Good to see Crash. Stay safe in uh, in North Hollywood. Chris Brady. Shout out to our boy William Sands. Yeah, we'll have some picks tomorrow night for UFC 272. You know what? Tomorrow night too, we'll find out about uh, we should contribute to Cain Velasquez's legal fund. I just want to find out what the official contribution list is, and uh, we'll, we'll get that out there. Other than that, you're on your own. Later.